Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. Sports Radio 93.7 The Fan. We are down to the last few moments here before we bring you to Pirates pregame programming. Craig Riley will take over at 1125. After that, it's the Ben Charrington Show at 1205. Then at 105, it's first pitch Pirates and Cubs. And it's all live right here on 93.7 The Fan and the Pirates Baseball Network. But before we get to that, we got to talk a little baseball and crunch some numbers with the Friend of mine who joins me often on Sunday mornings. He covers baseball for DK Pittsburgh Sports. His name is Alex Stumpf, and he's a pretty smart dude. He joins me right now on 93.7 The Fan. Alex, good morning. Good morning, Josh. It's been a while since we've done this. It has been a while indeed, but it is good to talk some baseball once again. couple specific things I want to get into. Um, let's start with Mitch Keller. Five innings last night, struck out seven. As you mentioned in the update, gave up one run. It looked like this was one of those starts that we needed to see from him because we were trying to figure out, can he turn that corner and be a guy that this team builds around in the future? Your thoughts on Mitch Keller, excuse me, your thoughts on Mitch Keller so far, what we saw, especially last night, and, and what do the numbers say about Mitch Keller at this point? You know, I I think last night you, you nailed it when you said this was just a really important start, and I think the guy who showed that the most actually was Derek Shelton in the dugouts you know, just pumping him up after, you know, his night was done. That looked just downright cathartic, just a lot of joy coming out right there. But, yeah, what Keller did really last night was not only he turned in a good start, he turned in a start using what had been struggling for him this spring training and in that first start, which was fastball control. Last night it got off on a little bit of a shaky foot, but as the night went on, he just kept working with the fastball up, and it worked. Like, he was getting strikes finally up in the top of the zone with it. Uh, eight swinging strikes up there, and five of the seven strikeouts were on fastballs up. Really good sign for a guy who hadn't had the best release or just, you know, execution of that pitch so far this season. Now, with that said, I, I'm, we've, we've been talking about, I've been talking about this quite a bit, just the importance of trying to use the opportunity to, to draft well and, and bring talent through and, and make your your organization a little bit more organic, more homegrown. How important is it for Mitch Keller to be that, not necessarily that guy that might spearhead a youth movement, but if you can have one of those pieces in place, how much more easy, or should I say how much easier does it make it to maybe f- like funnel that transition through? I mean, as far as like the pitching that the Pirates have, you know, either young or in the minors, he's the first guy through the wall. Hmm. Through that, like, we, we could talk about Quinn Priester, we could talk about one of those Vanderbilt pitchers that they are almost certainly going to draft, and all the other, you know, really good pitching prospects that are in the system. But Keller's going to be the first guy there. And no, he doesn't have to be, you know, this unbelievable ace, but he needs to be that stabilizing force because a lot of this rotation went through a big overhaul this last offseason. Like Musgrove's gone, Trevor Williams is gone, Jamison Tyon is gone, 
And you look at the next couple of years, there's going to be more overhaul probably. I mean, Anderson and Cahill are just here for a year. Cole will probably get traded at some point, same with Brault. So he needs to be that stabilizing force right now. Now, uh, let, me, let me toss this to you as well, sticking with the pitching side of it. I have become a very quick, very, very quick David Bender fan, and not because he's from Mars, although shout out to the Fighting Planets. I, I've really become enamored with his stuff as a reliever. I, I feel like he has high leverage guy in the future written all over him. How do the numbers reflect that with him, though? I First of all, I'm going to second that, I mean, especially in Bradenton, like the guy just looked like, the best pitcher that the Pirates threw out there all spring trading. Um, and from what I've heard, like the big thing for him, the big thing for him, and I guess just to answer like the actual numbers part of it, is he's getting more fastball velocity than he ever has. Like he hit 99 in Bradenton. He had never done that before. Hmm. He's zeroing in on hitting triple digits. That's one of his goals for this year. I wouldn't be shocked, you know, come like May or June whenever that arm is 100% stretched out and all good there, that he might flirt with it, or at least like a couple 99-point-somethings right there. But from what people have said also, like the development that he's had with the curveball, you know, getting a little better spin there, a little more consistent spin out of it, that's also making a big difference for him because he's a rare air where he has actually three good pitches as a reliever. Not a whole lot of guys could offer that. Before I let you go, I don't know how many times I've had a couple times this discussion with you, but how many times I've talked to people that really don't value just how good Colin Moran is at manipulating the strike zone because the numbers don't always reflect it. But but help help me out here, Colin Moran and how he actually goes through at bats. What is the value that people might be missing here? Oh man, I, I should have known that a Colin Moran was a question was coming. <laughs> I am rusty here. But no, um, one of the things, Colin doesn't beat himself. And Derek Shelton also, like he said, two guys in this lineup are having, you know, really, really, or at least the most consistent at bats on the team. And it was Philip Evans, who amazingly right now is like third in OPS in the league. And, and Colin Moran, who, you know, we, we saw it, I think, more last night with just that seven uh, run rally in the second inning. Zach Davies tried to get Colin Moran off the plate three times with the exact same pitch, and he didn't go on any single one. That's just an indicator of how mature this guy has become as a hitter. And I think that's really what you should take away from Colin Moran. He's been giving good at-bats. Like, even whenever he does make an out, it really is rarely an ugly one. Even whenever he's facing lefties anymore, he's looked pretty comfortable against southpaws. Good talking to you, Alex. As always, appreciate the time. I'm back here next week. We'll try to lock it in. Hopefully next week we'll do it again soon. Thanks for having me.